Welcome to the Rumpus Room. Hey everybody, how's it going out there? It's the boys from the Midwest back kicking it here in the Rumpus Room. And let's hit him with the takeaway message of the day. Training, my focus has been something I've been working on in the last two months, I'd say. Like really trying to get into training how do I stay on one task at one time? And I've been finding I'm getting a lot more done and being aware of what I am getting done and I'm not getting done. So that's been super helpful to just try to really shut all my browsers down, everything, all my Excel files, you know, just, all right, I'm going to finish this one email and I'm going to, that's all I'm going to do. And then I'm just going to make sure this is done because my tendency and this is a book that I read. Um, I think I am deficient in, in dopamine. So one of my tendencies is to hop around to things a lot quicker. And that creates just a kind of a rush of dopamine. So what I'm trying to do is really take this deep, deep focus to the next level. So that's something I've been doing a lot. And I think that's something that I, I found a lot of benefit in. I'm kicking out a lot more stuff. So that's my that's my takeaway for the day. So if you stopped having 20 tabs open on your internet browser? I have. It's really tough. Really? But I've I've come up with something like basically a notes filing way system. So if I can't give it up, I have to just copy it and paste it into a place where I know I'll see it again. Uh, and I, of course, I usually never go back and look at them anyways, but... Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then like articles that I'll like get sent during the day. I have like a read later thing. So I've been using that as like a tactical way of not, you know, not, not jumping off and reading the newest wall street journal article or watching a YouTube video, whatever it is. It's like, all right, I'll just watch this later. Let's help me just keep, keep the train moving forward. Because it's easy now, and I think it's getting easier and even easier with phones and everything to to just not be locked in. And we need to be, I mean, I need to be locked in. I don't know. Maybe other people don't, but I you know do. The world wants you not to be locked in. Everything about our life today is to try and not lock people in. It's wild. It, it, is, it is utterly wild. Um, I just was noting when I got back from... A really great afternoon. Uh, went for a bike ride uh, and didn't like do a bunch of work or whatever. It's very unusual for me not to do a lot on a on a weeknight. But I had to watch my son um, after our nanny left, and so we went for a big bike ride, and then um, had this real kind of sense of calm and peace when I got home, and uh, then I opened a couple social media apps, YouTube, Reddit, Twitter, and it just would seem like the sky is falling. <laughs> like it was just bombarded with stuff uh, around, you know, infighting and all this. Um, and yes, the algorithms are tuned to a certain way, but man, it was, it was exhausting to um, just be in that headspace. And uh, it made mm. me think about how many people live in that headspace relatively consistently or um, 
you know, are, are really swayed by that information because the information that is out there is, is, uh, so slanted. It's really hard to understand what's true anymore. I think. Yeah. And that's, I think we talked about, you know, one of the great, great skills that we've ever, I think people can develop in this day and age is definitely being able to sort through information and understand what's useful and not useful, what's true and not true. I've been reading a book on a, his name, he basically wrote the book on how to beat the dealer or beat the dealer. 21. He wrote that book. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. So, so he, it's beat the dealer, I think is the name of Mm. the book. And then he ran an extremely successful hedge fund. Like one of, he was a part of one of the first few, and he talks a lot about how he would always try to find out what the the actual data was behind everything. So that's why he was really successful in life is because somebody would say, you know, what they said is like, oh, you can never beat blackjack. You know, the casinos always win. And so he was like, screw that. I want to find out for myself. So a lot of his success in life was found for him going to basically like the what is the baseline you know what is the the first principle thinking what's the first detail and how do i understand what's truly driving this where's the nature of this coming from so for example he understood poker and then broke it blackjack and broke it down into a math problem and said all right it's just a math problem it's probability now i can do probability and then he came up with a betting strategy and then he just can absolutely, he just drained these casinos to the point where now that, you know, he's the reason why they kick people out and got in fights and stuff. But I thought it was really interesting that skill set of breaking things, like finding out for yourself what the actual answer is instead of relying on all of these sources and getting, you know, relying on whatever the headline Mm -hmm. is. And I find myself doing that, but that kind of gave me pause to say, Hey, maybe you need to dig into this a little deeper. So I think that's just, it's really interesting. I, I got to remember the guy's name. It's Edwin something, but. Yeah, there's a, a war over truth right now. Uh, most obviously Tucker Carlson going out on his own versus, did you listen to his last, his most recent episode, June 14th episode? He Mm-mm. He says the most shocking statements I think I've ever heard someone say in mainstream media. Like, it's wild to hear. And whether or not you're a a Democrat or Republican, I think it's worth tuning in to the June 14th episode where he leads with, like, this dam that was broken in... um, a Russian controlled region in Ukraine and he talks about the narratives and he goes in these other directions and it was just really fascinating. Um, So do you want to know some numbers that I heard for Tucker Carlson versus mainstream media? So they looked at how many, the viewership of Tucker versus MSNBC versus Fox news versus CNN on the same night. And, CNN was like 600 or 700 or 800,000 people, like viewers, 
Fox News was like 1.3, 1.6. I can't remember what the exact number was. MSNBC was 1.8, and Tucker Carlson was eight, 82 million. Oh, my God. <laughs> so not even in the same ballpark. So for me, it's like you see what, and this was on Twitter. This is his mm-hmm. Twitter stats. But that's insane. Like that's not even in the ballpark of like a mainstream media. So it's that to me is like a big signal. Yeah. And it'll be a really big signal if he continues to live. <laughs> or <laughs> because if he dies, then it's like, oh, okay. You know, I think about like the John the John yeah. McAfee, you know, how he got a tattoo on him that said, I did not commit suicide. And yeah. uh, obviously, you know, mysteriously ended up committing suicide in a Spanish jail awaiting extradition to the United States. What do you know? Um, we'll see. Uh, Tucker's flirting with uh, flirting with danger, though. Um, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if he had a skiing accident or a, a sudden cardiac arrest. <laughs> like. You hear you heard it here first, June fourteenth, twenty twenty three. Oh, it's scary. It's really scary. I don't know. Um because I think we won't be going that deep on the roughest no. room, so we're all okay. No. Uh there's obviously like such a huge power dynamic happening right now that um I think the internet is just a tool of power that everybody's got varying degrees of of experience and influence on so anybody can have a platform and it's just creating these kind of crazy narratives which is no new information but i think the like recent kind of uh, you know pride bud light gender ideology millennial power wielding theater which is uh you know an ex another identity politic game slightly different from race, but still very much in the same theater of keep people angry at each other and don't actually talk about what's going on. Meanwhile, aliens suddenly are like just everywhere. (laughs) uh, Well, you know, we can go to the, the Bud Light thing. You know, the numbers don't lie. Money doesn't lie. And Bud Light is now not the not the top selling beer in the U.S. and they've lost thirty percent of their business That's in the wild. last. So the Wall Street Journal did an article today on it, and the number one beer in America is Modelo. Wow. <laughs> and Coors and Miller yep. are less, and but they have all picked up massive. Huge massive they just crazy reach and obviously you know if you've ever paid attention to the bud light thing they did a number of they made a number of kind of blunders and i think one of the main ones was insulting their their user base by one i think that vp of marketing said like we have a fratty boy mm-hmm. we need to get away from our fratty boy image like that you don't want to make fun of your customers and just throw it in their face. So, you know, and I think it was more than one thing. It was like a couple and, you know, people vote with their money. So 
<clears throat> that's it's just a it's just an example of how some of these initiatives can backfire and uh yeah i think it's a it's a it's a case study in what's going on i wonder if that's going to show up in the in the business rev- in the the uh business school well i think that's one of the early indicators of why targets moving their merchandise out of prime real estate areas that they experience the blowback too and so we'll see it's just like everything in life it's a pendulum and um i think uh some places are acknowledging that this this pendulum is is uh some people are worn out about it and they happen to be a uh fairly engaged voter body and we'll see what happens in the 2024 election um what we need before then uh, is something to get behind, uh, something to unite the country. And if you've ever seen infighting amongst a family, if we could use a metaphor, especially young families of boys, nothing unites a family like trying to get together the goodwill, the parental approval, and the cash to buy a game console. If you <laughs> want to see infighting move to cooperation extremely quick between two young boys who are hoping to get the next GameCube. Or even or three. three. Even three. Or four. Even three. Throw a third one in there. Uh, hit them with the potential promise of the latest gaming system and you will see the best behavior you will see smiles you will see coercion you will see collaboration you will see people rising to the challenge the occasion you will see people going above and beyond what's asked of them on a day-to-day basis simply it's like for parents out there it's like imagine if your young children offer to put your dishes away. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just think of that happening. How would you get them to do that for weeks on end? Just offer up the gaming console and say, you know what, guys, I think it's time. I think it's time that we, as a nation, as a very small nation here, decided that we were going to not land one on the moon. We're going to get a Wii. (laughs) We are going to get a gaming console. If if you all start to get your shit together, <laughs> and stop, we all stop know one around. of you doesn't have the money. <laughs> one of you doesn't have the money, so you all need to work together because it's not going to be him. It's not going to be him. It's going to be him, and you'll see those piggy banks fly out of the closet. Yep, and they will be counting up, and there will be a countdown on the wall. There'll be high fives. There'll be, we're going to go mow the neighbor's lawn tomorrow. We're going to go pick weeds. It is an, the ultimate act of collaboration. Nothing mobilizes a warring, warring parties <laughs> like the prospect of a gaming console. <laughs> and you can even negotiate. Like we're only going to spend 30 minutes on this thing a day and it nope, doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. If you're at zero, 30 minutes sounds like absolute mm-hmm. bliss to a young, 
you know, 10 or 12 year old boy, it is, that is when you see the highest collaboration. And I think that we need to take a few pills from that and figure out what is that gaming console for, for everyone around us. I, I don't know. I don't know. We, we need the biggest of gaming consoles that gets us all rowing in the same direction. Uh, I saw a glimmer of the gaming console I in my son the other day when he heard a whisper of the word ice cream and he oh. grabbed on snapped his head around flashed his pearly whites big blue eyes and kind of said ice cream <laughs> <laughs> and i was like oh man it's amazing uh how behavior changes when you want to seduce something you know you want to you want to figure out you, you want, want a it. shared objective you you want you want yeah and um we want some ice we cream we want some ice cream we need we ice cream works in this household pretty well too mm -hmm. ice cream the please that is that that gets behavior to change real quick yeah um there's just so much let's let's take for example the gaming console what what could it be i don't know maybe like um because the geopolitical thing i don't know the the biden already tried the free money thing and that didn't go real well <laughs> here's sixteen hundred dollars <laughs> here's money let's just i'm just gonna Let's just throw inflation up to the wind and see what happens. It's kind of like that Dave Chappelle sketch where the cops, like, you know, assault the wrong guy or whatever. And then Dave goes, just sprinkle some crack on him. And then they, and then they walk away. <laughs> it's kind of like the the $1,600. Just sprinkle some money on him and maybe they'll shut up. Like, <laughs> uh, oh, I don't know. Man. That doesn't elicit the type of collaboration that is required of a gaming console, though. You know, mm -mm. no gaming console is so much more than just it's, money. It's good behavior. It's it's trades. It's it's uh, changing the controllers uh, when your time is up. It's um, a shared objective in a game. Goodness, if there's co-op co-op missions, that's that's like uh, just creating an environment for collaboration. Until, you know, that devolves into a fist fight at some point too. But still, those 30, those 30 minutes are blissful as a parent and as a kid where you're and trying. Kid, you're learning what, what cooperation looks mm -hmm. like because you really don't know what mm -hmm. it is until at that level of like two people performing at their absolute best together. That is when one plus one equals You've four. You've been living in a world of you're... scarcity before then if yeah. my brother has if there are four blueberries and i want more it will take from my brother i i yeah my, i want three I, he gets one my less. whole life is about There's... scarcities limited resources and that suddenly the gaming console flips you into a mindset of abundance <laughs> complete we abundance. have so much between the two of us between the three of us that we could do to get to a gaming console. We could accomplish so much together. If we just, if I make a dollar and he makes a dollar and he makes a dollar, 
we have three dollars so i have three dollars and i did one dollar work you just are like wait a second this doesn't make sense how did we not know that the world could be like this we all have three dollars when i just thought that i had one (laughs) dollar Now, every one of us has $3. And if <laughs> and we can we can buy $3 worth of something that we all want <laughs> and we'll get more than $3 of return on. This could be this is a million dollar item in there. This is mind. a game changer. This is now we really have to get down to a plan though. And now we need to figure out our gap to where we want to be. And we want to figure out level of priority and sort our ideas and accomplish it. And that's what the United States lacks right now. We lack a gaming console that we all want. Mm-hmm. We just got too many, too many things out there that uh, it's not going to be meta. It's not going to be the metaverse. Apple, no, that's not even close. Apple's new thing. Apple's I don't know. New new headset which is going to give you give you a headache although they say it won't give you a headache but i think it will mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i don't know what it could be this gaming console maybe like uh canada you know like if we <laughs> if we all just agree go let's just em. take over canada you know let's just go north let's just expand that border we Let's push the border. It worked for that worked for thousands of years. And you know what? We're gonna go get those guys. We're gonna go over there and get that mouth. We're gonna go get it. I'm everybody jump in. Uh, Elon's got it going on with Mars, you know. I think that's a good idea. I'm gonna run Canada by him and see if he thinks that that might be something we all can get behind is like, hey, you know. Ice hockey. Let's just go get Canada. ice hockey. All that water, um, cold. A lot of resources up mm-hmm. there. The diamond mines. I don't know. There might be more space for people. You know, I understand it's cold, but pretty soon Canada is going to be like Kansas. So it's not going to be that bad. I saw the most alarming chart of sea temperature rises. Uh, it was shocking but um we'll see we need a gaming console so uh i'm gonna keep floating that idea about canada but um should we uh move in a quick we already got alaska just flanking them so we're we're there it's really about finishing the job that we started (laughs) It's, it's it's about connecting two places that need to be together that Mm-hmm. God designed America to be all of North America. One. That's why it's called North America. We need to connect Alaska to the United States. And just eliminate North. And so it's just America. America. That's the... That could be a campaign <laughs> strategy that somebody pulls out in 2024 or beyond that could be our gaming console could work just start walking north with our guns and i mean trudeau is already working on the de-armament of the canadians so you know he just 
laying the foundation for be. us. It might just be we're waltzing on over there. I don't know. Could be. Just pick the borderline up and just kind of move it just, that way. And keep just moving. keep moving it. I mean, I th- I saw a statistic that I think even in Minneapolis we live north of like forty percent of all Canadians. Uh, there's. Well, seriously. Yeah. Is it Toronto? Because Toronto and Ottawa are so far south. They're actually further um, than Minneapolis, I believe. But um, wow. they might welcome being come, becoming a part of the United States. Uh, I personally don't know what they would gain at this point, unfortunately. Um, but that it wouldn't be a negotiation, of course. It would be a common objective. We'll see. The gaming console. Gaming console. Slash maybe Canada. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Should we hit him with the clickbait of the week? Yep. Go for it. So my clickbait we talked about already was the Bud Light sales. So I've been getting, I'm just interested in how these cultural trends, you know, you can see how they impact uh, like universities and culture and discussion. But I always go back to this quote that somebody extremely smart, extremely talented always says to me, he said, Sam, it's not about the money. It's about the money. So it's always what I want to see is like, truly, I think the, you know, the, the success of these cultural movements, unfortunately, a lot of it will be what is a revenue driver and what is not. So that's one of the things I think will be, I'm interested in. So that's been then something I've been looking. I know Wall Street Journal had a really good article today that just analyzed it. So I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I did click on the What is a Woman, Matt Walsh documentary. And speaking of what follow the money, um, a person who is going to be on trans medication so you know hormone blockers or substitute hormone therapy or whatever i think the number they threw out there is worth roughly 1.3 million dollars in medical expenditures um i don't remember i don't remember the time frame so um in terms of following the money uh, that'll tell you where the medical industrial complexes um support is incentivized so um it was an interesting documentary super sort of soft and slow to be honest but i know that he's such a polarizing figure he was really trying to take this middle of the road approach yeah and that was what i heard the most watched documentary by far it will be the most watched documentary by far none way by far and it was uh there was one section that was really interesting and it was about the generation of the transgender gender fluid uh, ideology. And he talks about the two social psychologists who started the movements. And um, let's just say they were potentially controversial figures and did some um, what people today would call questionable scientific practices in 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 their pursuits so i don't know enough about it to really comment extensively and i won't anymore but um it did position them and their um scientific endeavors in a 
somewhat questionable light and obviously given it's matt walsh that's what they're going to do but um i don't know if you can deny uh you know someone being convicted of or I mean, it's just questions really really worth understanding the ideology behind it or the generation of the ideology so it was i was able to watch it on 2x fast forward so it only took about 40 minutes but um not life-changing in any way not new information for me other than those two psychologists but um i'm i'm not disappointed it wasn't a waste of my time so um maybe maybe it could be for you so lightning strikes let's hit it i'm gonna go a little simpler with this one i have figured out that when i write stuff down I think slower. Mm. So I think way faster when I type. And I think that's made me like more hyper or I think just a little bit more on edge. So I've been writing a lot more and I've been using a pen and paper. And I've been trying to go back to when I'm doing, let's just say strategy or I'm doing something that requires a lot of, like I talked about deep deep work and focus, I've found that writing things down has taken me back to a better way to think. And I can think a little easier through my hand sometimes. And so I've always liked whiteboards, but I have been finding that this has been good, just pencil and paper. So that's been, I've been take, take, taking one that way and writing. If I have an email that I need to write, that's really important. I'll write, I've been writing it down and it's just, it's helped me a ton, to be honest. I feel so much better in the morning after writing. I just feel clear. And so that's a small thing, but I think it's helped. Mm-hmm. Oh, for me, I've been um, getting back into non-dual meditation, which is a particular practice. There's this gentleman, his name is Michael Taft, T-A-F-T, and he has a bunch of guided meditations on YouTube. And um, I've appreciated getting back into non-dual awareness practices. It's something that I studied in yoga. And um, I, I had had been fairly turned off by a lot of the guided meditations that I would encounter, just in terms of, you know, loving kindness or whatever other things I use the insight timer app apparently sometimes, but, um, Michael Taft, I, I, I think does a really good job of helping connect me back into something that is very meaningful for me, which is non-dual awareness. So like not trying to see yourself as separate from the world and like awareness is the world that you live in and philosophically it just makes a lot of sense for me for whatever reason so um Mm. this i've been trying to spend a bit more time focusing on non-dual awareness as a part of my meditation practice and it's been introducing a much needed degree of calm in my life uh, or more calm in my life so Hmm. that is um, lightning strike for me. Gotta yeah. like that. Um, I also have uh, changed jobs, which has 
demonstrably changed the pace of my life. Like it's been crazy to see, um, gone from like hair on fire every day to like not having that type of environment. So that's been incredibly welcomed as well. (laughs) Yeah, it has. Welcome. Well, it's given me the space to actually be like, oh, I feel like I can meditate some more now because I'm not constantly under fire for something, which makes it so much easier to be a productive human being in society. Like, holy cow. Seriously. And you bet you're doing much better work too. Probably. Probably. Also because people are giving me the freedom to actually do value add work instead of just like, you know, sort of, well, that's what client facing work is. Client facing work is you just do anything the client says, basically kind of, at the end of the day, pretty yeah. much. And so yeah. my other role was pure client facing. Your whole job is to basically please them and make them happy so that they don't like stop the relationship. And it's just <laughs> it's it's really not good for you. Yeah, it's not a very fun environment. Uh now I'm I'm strictly internal, so it's all corporate, which is a hardcore different political game. And I'm not extraordinarily savvy at it yet, but um, it's been a welcome change of pace. So I've um, been able to get back into my meditation practice a little bit more. Um, and let's move on to the chicken soup so I can kick this one off. Um, like I said, I was just out for this long bike ride with my, with my son. Uh, he is fond of cars and trucks and things that move and one of his favorite things to do is when we go out on a walk he likes to walk by cars and he likes to go up to the wheels and the tires and then he just points at them and he goes a wheels a tires (laughs) and it's quite funny you know he's in that stage of just pointing at things and then saying whatever they are and acknowledging it you know so we'll be walking by and then help point at a stop sign and go a stop sign and i'm like yes that's right it's a stop sign and so i've been trying to put him to bed for like i don't know an hour and a half earlier this evening and he really didn't want to go um and he popped his head up and he just you know we're in the a dark room and I'm laying on the bed and he's, he's now standing and he's in his crib and he just starts nodding his head and going a bike ride wheels, tires, <laughs> and I was chuckling so loud. And then he, our smile came across my face and then he drops down in the bed and then he pops back up with both of his socks in his hand and he likes having his socks on his feet. He drops both of his socks on the side of the bed and just goes, Socks came off. <laughs> it's like, well, I mean, came off is a loose term. They're off right now, but I'm pretty sure if it wasn't happenstance that your socks, socks came off. Didn't just come <laughs> off. They were pulled off. <laughs> so uh, that was uh, despite the hour and a half, two hour bedtime filibuster that he was putting on uh, <laughs> some bright spots in the evening. That's for sure. Yeah. I, I've, ex- we've had a uh, bedtime has been, has been a little different 
because when you're when the little one is excited about the day and I feel like they're just digesting all of the activities, you can just hear them kind of pro processing what happens and they'll talk about whatever the day was and it's quite entertaining and it's hard because you want them to sleep but you also kind of enjoy listening to just what their mind is thinking about it's so funny mm -hmm. that transition into language is such a fun time to just see what is what connects in this this little brain my um chicken soup <clears throat> i got i think kind of two parts but one of them was we got him a one of these balance bikes. Ooh, a Strider. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we got a Strider. So we got him a really light, you know, a good one. And I he so what he likes to do is he likes to sit in my car in fake drive. And he like it, what he does is he makes me sit in the passenger seat. And I got in and he said, Dada, shut the door. So I <laughs> shut the door and it was me and him chilling and then my wife was do it putting the bike together it was pretty you know just a couple things so then i opened the door and i'm like louie let's go look at your bike and um he got out and said oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> really loud and that's the first time i've ever heard him say that so it was just one of those moments where you just hear them talking like either you do or other people. And it's just funny to hear it come out of a tiny little 20 month old. Mm -hmm. It's really quite entertaining. Um, but he, he was doing a very similar thing too, of trying to go to bed. And he said he would go down the list of all of the people that he knows. And he said, Dada. Okay. Mama. Okay. Gig. Okay. Grammy. Okay. I he just went down the list and said okay after every single Peepa, which is our dog. Okay. And he just would go he was just going down the list. And oh man, was that mm -hmm. fun to listen to him just who popped up in his mind mm -hmm. and he he had a he had there was a big number of people. Mm -hmm. So he was having fun with it. That is funny those are some special moments to just hear them just what's working in that little brain of theirs it's working super hard and they are absorbing so much it's it's really insane yeah a similar thing happened to me today i uh, we've got this bike and you know one of the pull behind trailers and uh, i was quite tired after not only you know getting all the equipment out and hooking it up and then we biked around the city we were out for like three hours and then we finally and it's smoky as hell today so this is yeah oh my i really did have i was quite lightheaded when i came back in but um so i'm i'm tired and you know sort of burnt out and as i'm walking in to put the bike away i lock it up and uh i say oh wow and then, uh, you know, kind of finish packing up things, you know, sort of a, like a sigh of relief after I had got nearly everything situated. And then as we're walking back out of the garage to the door, Rex in the exact same voice just goes, oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, 
I'm creating a mini me. Uh, like it's just, it's, it's hilarious. And at the same time, it's daunting to think that he's just picking up on everything that you do. Yeah. They're so aware of everything you say and do. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. They do the same mm -hmm. thing. You are there. It's their fun, print. but also you're like, oh my gosh. There's a lot of habits that I have that I don't like. Mm -hmm. So you are, it's, it's definitely humbling. Mm -hmm. It is. It is, but it's fun. Uh, highly recommend it's it if you fun. have any inclination whatsoever. Um, but I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you're going to get that message reinforced a lot because uh, this is a decision that both you and I looked forward to. So we're doing a good job at trying to fulfill our roles or at least the best job that we can. And we hope that's the case for all parents, but we know that that's not necessarily the case for all parents. So anyway, um, that's all we got for you today, folks. Tune in next week when we'll be back kicking it here in the rumpus room. Mm -hmm.